0: And now your host, Vena Jones-Cox.
1: Good afternoon. I am Vina Jones-Cox, and this is Real Life Real Estate, where we are working our fingers to the bone month in and month out for... Oh, hey, it's our anniversary. It's the third week in April. That was the first time I ever Where's did. It's the first show, I, it's, it's, on, it's on audio tape. Nobody can even I'll listen to it. it anymore. I'll do it. <laughs> month in and month out for 25 years, sir. 25th anniversary, right? 1996. Jeez. Jeez, being I give up something sometime. <laughs> Stop doing the same thing every Wednesday for 25 years in a row. Anyway, hopefully we're doing our job here of bringing you the information and inspiration you need to start or grow your own real estate investing business. Gosh, it's it's changed so much. Like everything, even the show Has changed. Remember, you used to give me audio tapes when I left of the show, Mm -hmm. and now I think I think we're all the way up to CDs now. Still don't still don't have the (laughs) still still don't get a a thumb drive with it on it. But uh, there was no podcast back then because there was no such thing as a podcast back then, and we we had to take calls by having people call a voicemail. And then I would call into the voicemail and get the question, like if they wanted to ask other than during the show, I had to call into the voicemail. Yeah. Yeah. And then here we are all these years later and show, been, <laughs> been, in it. It's, it's, I'll make an effort. It's been, it's been a lot of markets since that. I mean, 1996, we were, I don't know, still on the tail end of the 1989 real estate bubble. So. Market was, you know, fairly balanced. Lots of deals, hard to find them because you know you had to look in the little MLS books, or if you wanted to like market, you had to go down to the courthouse and look up stuff on Microfish because none of the courthouses were on. <laughs> we're only talking about twenty five years ago. It seems like, you know, it was it was prehistoric times, and uh, yeah, and then we had the big run up to the real estate bubble starting in about. uh, 01. We started after the 01 little mini recession. We had, you know, huge demand. Market got super duper hot. People were overbidding on houses by 06. And then, of course, you know, 2007, all of a sudden we're talking about a whole new game and bringing people on the show talking about how to deal with the fact that there were a zillion houses and no money to buy them. And then... We've watched it run back up again. So yeah, it would, it would be, it would be interesting to just sit and like listen to the whole themes that went on over the course of five years and, and how they changed. But anyway, I actually didn't plan to say any of that. It just, it just occurred to me that this is our anniversary here. Um, today we're going to talk about something that has, has really kind of held Happy anniversary, Vena! <laughs> Thanks, George. Yeah, he was there day one. He was there before day one. He was there when I went in and pitched the idea of doing a local real estate investing show. And he Bob, Bob was there, too. You're only five years old at the time, right? I know. I know. It's crazy. I was 14. Don't exaggerate. And, uh, yeah, they were, they were both there, and they both kind of looked at me kind of funny, and then they said you know, we would have the only financial show on local public radio stations that had a woman host. And I was like, why did I just give you that hour-long sales pitch? Why didn't I just go, okay, I'm a woman and I can do a show related to finance for you. So yeah, been an interesting ride. So uh, anyway, we're going to talk today about a topic that um, has has been around that whole time because it is something that I think real estate investors were really just starting to discover in the 90s. And then as time has passed and people have gotten more and more familiar with these things, it has become clear that they are way more powerful than what we have been told. I'm talking about land trusts. And what we have all heard about them is they're great for privacy protection. Put your, put your properties in individual land trusts and then nobody can find you who wants to just file a nuisance lawsuit. Y- y'all are, y'all are aware that there are people who actually make their living filing like slip and fall cases and dog bite cases and stuff like that. And they literally just, they find somebody who they identify as having a lot of money. Sometimes that's a real estate investor. Sometimes that's a grocery store, whatever. And then they arrange to slip and fall and, um, sue for some amount of money that they think the insurance company will just settle instead of fight. So the idea that we've all heard is put properties in land trusts because that way you don't, you don't paint a target on your back that says, oh, look at all this stuff I have. That is the tip of the iceberg of land trusts, ladies and gentlemen. It's a really good reason to use them, but it's not the only reason to use them. So to help, uh, really sort of lay out this topic today, I have with me Randy Hughes, who is better known as Mr. Land Trust, so you can guess what his specific passion and area of expertise is. He is a 40-plus year veteran of the real estate investing business, and he has spent 30 of those years uh, sort of developing and perfecting his use of land trusts. He is... Joining us for, by phone from his home in Illinois, Randy, welcome to Real Life Real Estate.
2: Well, thank you, Lena. <laughs> you beautiful. hear me okay?
1: Oh yeah, we hear you we hear you great. Yeah, and good. Um, I think I think the first thing we better talk about here is like your real estate story because you're not an attorney. You didn't like get to this by going to law school and going, "Oh, hey, these are really interesting. You got this you got through this to this through Real life (laughs) through, through, through relasing stuff as you, as you progressed in your real estate career. So, so tell us a little bit about how you got started in real estate and then how you kind of found this idea of land trusts initially.
2: All right. Well, I, I, uh, I started buying houses when I was in college and, um, when I graduated and, and started working in the insurance uh, industry, I kept buying houses and uh, doing my own management. And I probably had, I don't know, 10 or 15 houses in my own name personally before I woke up to the realization that that wasn't very smart, that anybody could go to the courthouse records. It was before the Internet. Uh, They could go to the courthouse records and look up everything I owned because it was in my name, uh, what the, what those properties were assessed for, uh, what debt was on them, at least you know, the debt that I put on them initially. Uh, and with those numbers, you could pretty much calculate my net worth, and that's that's not a very smart thing to do. You know, it's kind of like uh, going to a cocktail party with your financial statement taped to your back. <laughs> um, and so I started researching ways of holding title. Um And back then, that was even before LLCs had been invented. I think they came about in 1997. Um, So there weren't really too many ways uh, to hold title, but uh, the more I I read about and studied the land trust, the more I liked that method, uh, primarily because there's no registry for land trusts, like there is. If you set up a corporation or an LLC uh, in most every state, not all of them, but most every state, they publish the owners of those LLCs and corporations, so uh, so you don't have any anonymity of ownership if you own your properties in an LLC or a corporation. Um, and I think personally, I think that anonymity, is, is, you know, kind of a, as a piggyback on what you were talking about a minute ago, uh, anonymity is is the basis of of uh, asset protection for us real estate investors. Uh, and it's the cheapest thing we can do as well. You can get wrapped up into all kinds of multi thousand dollar uh, structures to protect your assets, but but just for the everyday person, uh the cheapest and easiest thing for you to do is just not own this stuff in your name. Uh and and so I once I started studying how to how to form a land trust uh, I went ahead and, and deeded all those properties out of my name and into individual land trusts, and never ever took title in my name again. Uh, so when I buy property now, I take title directly from the seller to my trust, and that way I'm never in the chain of title.
1: Mm-hmm. Which keeps that target off your back. And it is sometimes I feel like when I when I say. Gosh, folks! There's such a thing as financial predators who will look for people that they think have a lot of stuff, and they will intentionally cause things to happen to themselves that they can collect money for. That oh, I, yeah. I, I sound like I sound like one of those, you know, one of those conspiracy theorists on YouTube. But I have seen, like, I have, I have lived that because my father was grew up in a generation where you just owned everything in your own name and then you also told people what you owned because people admired <laughs> folks who had you know self-made dragged themselves up by their bootstraps you know they, they, they it was impressive right and for that reason and he had he had quite sizable holdings at one point um for that reason n- nuisance lawsuits happened to him roughly once a year he he would get a call or You know, I worked for him for a while, so I would get the call from the attorney who's on the billboard, who Mm -hmm. works on contingency, Mm -hmm. who would basically say, my client was something, 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 and what's the name of your insurance company? And it was everything from um, tripped on the carpet in a secured building that didn't have carpet. So, so that person had like never been in the building. Right. And yet was, was claiming yeah. an injury, uh, to the, you know, I was, I was, uh, shoveling the snow for your tenant and their dog bit me and the tenant says my dog wasn't, I mean, outside at all. That didn't happen, but the insurance company still settles. I mean, it, it does, it does happen.
2: So, well, and you know, it, you can take this, uh, even further, Vena, um, you know, privacy and asset protection is one thing, but personal safety is another. And let me give you an example. And, and I get these calls all the time. Um, I had a call, oh, about a month ago from a lady down in Florida who said, um, uh, I, I, I need to learn how to create land trusts. And I said, why? And she said, well, this this gruffy-looking guy just showed up at my door knocked on my door and said, uh, I see all the property you own in your name, and I would like to rent one of those properties uh, so I can uh, house uh, disabled veterans. Uh, and she said, this guy just scared me to death. She said, I, I, I'm divorced. I have two daughters in my house. And he came to my personal residence.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And that, that will freak you out. And so for... Uh, um, property managers in particular, that is extremely important to not have your name in the public record. Uh, For example, I need to update my, my bio. This is actually my 50th year in the business. I started buying houses in 1969. So I've been a landlord for 50 years. And for 20 years of those 50, I had two little girls growing up in my house, my daughter's. And the last thing I needed was some guy I was evicting because he wasn't paying his rent to come knocking at my personal door and have my seven-year-old daughter answer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So uh, people really need to think this through. If they're going to be real estate investors, they really need to think it through as to um, uh, h- how they're going to protect themselves, their assets, and their family.
1: Yeah, for sure. That's And, and with the growing number of women in the business... Mm-hmm. that that is a huge concern. And that was that was, by the way, what convinced me to move all of my stuff into land trust back in the early 2000s. Uh, it, again, I knew about it, heard about it, been to real meetings about it, went, yeah, someday. And I did, in fact, have a drunk tenant knock on my door at 11 o'clock at night screaming at me about why did he get a three day notice on his door because he was gonna pay his rent
2: (laughs) oh yeah he was was gonna pay it the next 10 days i'm sure yeah
1: so that was yeah that was pretty horrifying and i was like uh, how did he oh i know how he found me (laughs) my
2: address is on the public record it's those little light bulbs when they go off that make people take uh, action i mean you 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 meant to you meant to you didn't and then all of a sudden whammo you were motivated um i i had a a lady call me uh, not long ago who said um uh, I want to learn how to create land trusts. And I said, why? And she said, uh, I have eight rental properties in my name and my own personal residence. And I just got a call from one of my tenants that said a man knocked on the door asking for me. And I, and I told, the, and the tenant, uh, said that the, the man specifically was looking for my personal residence and uh and she said i i I, you know the light bulb went off in her head you you don't own this stuff in your name uh, or you take on a tremendous risk so she wanted to get all those properties out of her name so that couldn't happen and and really what's going on there Vina, is modern day stalking this is how a stalker uh stalks women or men could be stalked um uh, and, and find their personal residence and Boy, you know, you hear enough stories like that, and you finally realize, don't take title in your name to real estate. It's just not worth it. The tax advantages, everything you want from real estate, you still get, even if you don't own it in your name, if you own it in a trust. So there's only negatives to owning it in your name. There are no positives. Mm -hmm,
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Randy, we need to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about just the, just the the quick overview of, of like how a trust is structured so that we can get into the more interesting stuff about the other ways at which it can be used and also take listener questions. 877-772-9658 is the number to call if you have a land trust question that you would like to ask to Mr. Land Trust. Just saying that would be a good person to ask your land trust questions of. And uh, if you can't call, send us an email. The email address is askvina at gmail.com. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. I'm your host, Vina Jones-Cox. My guest today is Randy Hughes, a.k.a. Mr. Land Trust. And we're here to talk land trusts and also to answer your questions about land trusts at 877-772-9658, 877-772-9658, or at askvina at gmail.com. That's A-S-K-V like in Victor, E-N-A at gmail.com. So, Randy, I know... You could literally teach all day on land trusts because you're doing that <laughs> here <laughs> here in Cincinnati true. in a couple of weeks.
2: That's true. But
1: um I think one of the things that confuses people about land trusts is is just the structure of them. It's like they they think that a land trust must be like an LLC or a corporation or some other, you know, state sanctioned Thing that you have a tax ID number for and you file for yeah. and you have to get an attorney involved. Can you talk about how land trusts actually work as a structure and how they are different from those things?
2: Yes. Let's do that because I think you're, you're right on the money there that uh, is, is confusing to a lot of folks. It's confusing to a lot of attorneys because they are not taught uh, land trust law in law school. And so if they don't take it upon themselves to learn about land trusts after law school, then they, they're just as uh, in the dark as as the non-attorneys. And, and here's where a big confusion, uh, occurs. Uh, many attorneys are familiar with living trusts and a land trust is a type of living trust, but it's exclusive to real estate. Whereas a standard living trust, you might put your car, your boat, your, your, uh, tea set, your silverware, uh, in your living trust, uh, and it's designed to distribute your assets at your, at your will, uh, upon your death. That's a standard living trust. Now a living trust is what I call trustee driven. That means the trustee makes all the decisions on what happens inside that trust, and the beneficiaries just go along for the ride. They have no power. A land trust is just the opposite. It is beneficiary-driven. The beneficiaries make all the decisions on what happens, and the trustee just goes along and does what he's told by the beneficiaries. So there's the first big difference. Um uh, as I mentioned earlier, there's no registry for land trusts like there are for corporations and LLCs, which is a big difference. And I think you know the politicians uh, who uh, are wealthy and the big and powerful uh, keep keep land trusts uh, that way because, uh, as you know, typically when when you hear about a very rich person dying, you don't hear about what assets they owned. That doesn't go through probate; it all gets passed by trusts. Uh, which are private transactions, and nobody nobody knows except the people involved. Um, so uh, these land trusts have been used in America over 100 years. Uh, the first one was mm-hmm. formed in the in suburb of Chicago by Chicago Title, um, and they've been used for a couple of thousand years in England. And our laws came from England, and and that's a, kind of how the land trust got started here. Uh, but uh, they, they've been used for, for over 100 years, and and what's interesting is, the, you know, a lot of people, most people don't don't know, don't understand land trusts, and and a land trust can be as simple as a you could write one on the back of a, of a napkin if you wanted to, and it would be legal, um, or it could be very expensive. Uh, for example, the the trust agreements that I use uh, are 40 pages long um and the trust agreement is the heart of the trust. It is a contract between the trustee and the beneficiary. and it stipulates what are the trustees' duties and what are the powers of the beneficiary. Um, and once you once you develop uh, your trust agreement, then you've got a format that you could use over and over again, if you're, especially if you're a real estate investor and you, and you buy and sell and hold and flipping and rehabbing and all the stuff you're doing. Um, each one of those functions should be done in a separate trust uh, because if something happens, you don't want one um, uh, lawsuit or uh, negative problem affecting your other investments. And let me give you an example. Most attorneys will advise their real estate investing clients to title their real estate into an LLC. And don't get me wrong, I use LLCs, I love them, they've got a good place, they're they're good asset protection devices, but not to hold the title, and here's why. Let's say you follow your attorney's advice and you put, you have uh, 10 apartment buildings and you put all 10 of them into your LLC. And then you have a a lawsuit occur on one building. Uh, You get sued. You lose. They get a judgment against the owner of the building. Who owns it? The LLC does. So now your adversary has a lawsuit against your LLC, which owns nine other buildings that had nothing to do with the lawsuit. Now they have a judgment, and they've tied up ten buildings. You can't refinance them. You can't sell them. You can't do anything until you resolve that judgment. So that's that's not very smart. So that's why most real estate investors will put each property into a separate trust. Now, they might have the beneficiary of the trust be an LLC because uh, the liability on the property held in the trust flows through to the beneficiary. And that's why most real estate investors will have a corporation or an LLC as the beneficiary to get more asset protection there. So they get the privacy of the land trust. They get the asset protection benefit uh, of the uh, LLC at the beneficiary level.
1: Now, Randy, I really appreciate that was like the clearest linear (laughs) explanation (laughs) of a land trust that I think I have ever heard, but I want to make sure listeners didn't miss something very important that you said in there. And that is that land trusts are just contracts Mm -mm. between beneficiaries and trustees. So just like, um, if I have a particular lease that I like, I don't go to an attorney and have them create the lease every time a resident moves out and a new one moves in. I just take the old lease, look it over just to make sure there's, I still like it. Mm
3: -hmm.
1: And I fill in new names and new dates and new rents. And I, you, it's just in my computer and I can generate it over and over and over again. The first attorney that I had that, uh, you know, when I got all panicked because of getting the 11 o'clock knock on the door, um, I said, listen, I need you to make me a land trust. And in fact, I own. 13 properties so I guess I need 13 of them and he charged me to create 13 identical land trusts. Oh my god. <laughs> I paid I paid like $2500 for that and that was in 92. So, oh so, so maybe 10,000 it would be now. Yeah, yeah. And he didn't, he didn't bother to tell me, well, I'm just going to make you one. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's print <laughs> <times>. <laughs> I'm going to give it to you in a Word document. Yeah. Of course, it would have been a Word perfect document. Um right. And, and you can just do it from here on out. But, but that is, that is, it is more akin when you say, I'm going to form a land trust, it's more akin to just filling out a purchase agreement or a rental agreement or something like that than it is to what you have to go through to form an LLC. Um, Randy, we actually have a caller hanging on the line, so I want to get to him. Uh, it's Im- Imran calling from Washington, D.C. Imran, welcome to Real Life Real Estate.
3: Thank you, Vina. How are you?
1: I'm very good. How are you?
3: I'm doing good. Thank you. Uh, hi, Randy. Hi, um, so I have um, a question about the privacy part. I do, you know, buy a lot of notes on uh, non-performing loans, uh, and I do buy them in personal property trust. You know, same reason uh, the land trust for privacy. Mm-hmm. Now, I had to, and I am the trustee of a trust, and I, uh, and my name shows up as my first initial and last name. As the trustee, so we foreclosed on a property, uh, and this my trust and business address is in Arizona. Okay, um, so after we foreclosed, I got you know a letter from the homeowner association with the invoices, and and I now live in you know Washington DC uh, metro area. I moved from Arizona, but this you know, send that uh, um, invoices with my business address in Arizona, but on the envelope itself, they wrote my home address here in D.C. Mm -hmm. And when I saw that, I was super shocked. It's like, how did they know that I personally live in D.C.? Because every address I use is in Arizona. That's where the business is. Mm -hmm. Um, So it defeated the purpose of my privacy now, the borrower, if the homeowner association knows, the borrower also could know that I live where my home is.
1: Mm-hmm. So, Ivankat, so, before before Randy jumps in on this, can I ask you a question? Sure. Why are you your own trustee?
3: No, I'm uh, not my own trustee. There, um, there are two IRA accounts are the beneficiary, uh-huh. and I, I do the business. Uh, I am the trustee of the trust. Why? And
1: why is it not somebody else
3: um, it could be because i have to because i actually do the business uh, and there are two irs joint uh, not my IRAs, some other investor's IRAs. so it's a joint venture partnership so where they're venturing in um, you know, the fund together and and somebody has to be trustee yes but not but the beneficiary it doesn't have to be in it
1: doesn't have to be you or any of the partners
3: Yeah, I know, I know, but... Um, but there must be I a know, reason that
1: you have chosen to do this. Do you have control issues? Are you... No,
3: the, <laughs> the issue is... Okay, so these are, these are two... Okay, it's a different in uh, investor uh, uh, that are the beneficiary, and I actually do the business. So I sign all the documents. Um, I do, you know, uh, all the legal documents with the attorney, um you know, I, I signed the documents as the
2: trustee.
3: Mm-hmm. Okay. So, 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 Emran, can I interrupt you, please? This is Randy. Sure. Uh, so we don't get bogged
2: down in minutia for, for the listeners. Um, let's, let's talk about how to do this better. I agree, 100% with, I agree 100% with Vina. You should never be your own trustee on anything. And we don't agree. The reason why you use trust is is for anonymity. Uh, and always use uh, somebody else as your trustee. Number two, never use your street address for anything unless you're calling an ambulance because you're having a heart attack. Always use a post office box uh, because these addresses are easy to look up now uh, on the Internet, and you, you need to kind of get off the grid uh, when it comes to mail. Um I just I'll give you a quick example. I just bought some stock from a company and they wanted the, my home address. And I always give my, the street address of my post office and the, my P.O. box, like an apartment number. And they came back and said, well, well that, that's a commercial address. Uh, well, we've got to have your home address. And I said, I don't give my home address to anybody. So we're going to have to find other, another way here. Um, you know, people are so used to giving out that personal information. You need to stop doing that and every time somebody asks you for personal information you need to stop and think do i really want to give that person uh, this information so you know the reason for we're using the trust is for anonymity number 1 uh, and i would suggest that any anything you're trustee on you get off as quickly as possible um, now if you if you want to be the trustee of your friend's land trust and he's the trustee of your land trust uh, that, that's, that, that's okay. Uh, that way you don't have to pay for trustee service. Um you can do it for each other for free. But my thinking is that your trustees should have a different last name than you and should live out of the county in which the
3: property is located. And preferably out of the state. Alright, so let me explain. The, my business is in Arizona and um you know, our business address this uh, trust beneficiaries are some unrelated party. I am a trustee for a trust. Yeah. It's not right. my trust. I'm a trustee for a trust. The trust is in Arizona, and and there is a UPS address for the business address. Uh, the property is in Maryland. Okay, that that, that we had to foreclose on, and I'm I'm just a trustee here.
1: Yeah. Well, the and, sh- uh, the, the-, the short answer, Imran, to how did they find you?
3: Yeah. Is- exactly. How is- did they find? Is I use my first initial and last name as trustee of ABC trust i promise uh, you
1: i promise you that it was on some document that was filed in relation to this foreclosure your your attorney put your address somewhere as plaintiff in the foreclosure i mean all of that stuff's public record it wasn't there was no mystery here that someone figured out that you know i whoever uh was was you living you know 15 states away it, it had to do yeah. with the foreclosure itself, I see. and and somebody just was looking through the public records in the foreclosure, and yeah, you're right. If the homeowners association can do it, so can the person you just foreclosed on, which is what you really, really, really don't want to happen. So That's I would right. look through those foreclosure docs and find out with, when that was, and maybe in a couple of weeks when Randy is uh, doing live and online presentations for Cincinnati and Columbus, the two of you can dig into this further because, uh, I understand what your business structure is. I still am not sure that you should be the one who is the trustee. I think you should maybe be directing the trustee. Instead. Okay.
0: Yeah. All
1: right. All right. Thank you very much for your call, Imran. We need to take a quick break after which, Randy, it's going to be all listener questions all the time because I'm sitting here looking at six really great questions <laughs> that I, I probably would have asked you anyway. So. Uh, if you have any questions, it's t- the time to send them is now. Send them to askvina at gmail.com, A S K V like VICTOR E N A at gmail.com, or give us a call, 877 772 9658. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. I'm your host, Vina Jones Cox. My guest today, Randy Hughes, Mr. Land Trust. And obviously, looking at my inbox here, there were already a bunch of people who were going down the path of thinking about land trusts and how to use them, which means that all the questions I had that were more basic questions aren't going to get asked tonight. So if you are interested in kind of like just understanding the whole thing and the different parts of it and whatnot, uh, as I alluded to a little bit earlier, Randy will be speaking at uh, Cincinnati RIAs, May 6th meeting Thursday May 6th so two weeks from tomorrow and while he will be here live the meeting will also be simulcast for those of you who can't get to Cincinnati (laughs) to come to an evening meeting you can get uh, information and a link or a live registration if that's the way you want to do it at com. that's cincinnatireia.com if the 6th just isn't going to work for you he's also speaking for Central Ohio Real Estate Entrepreneurs in Columbus on Tuesday the 4th and if that date works better for you you can get a link at CentralOhioREA.com. okay so Randy I'm just gonna it's gonna be like you know speed round here cause alright <laughs> I'm looking at a bunch of questions. Uh, So Farida says, can I put my properties which are currently owned by my LLC and which have bank loans on them into land trusts? I heard banks don't like that.
2: Well, good question. Uh, Some of them do, some of them don't. Uh, Depends on the lender. Um, I don't deal personally with big banks like Bank of America and Chase and all those big boys. They have rules that I don't like and you can imagine I'm not much for rules, but um, I like to use regional banks. Those are local local banks because they are much more cooperative when it comes to using trusts. And, uh, you know, if it's your personal residence, you can put it in a trust, uh, and it's guaranteed by the Garn-St. Germain Act uh, that you can do that without triggering the due on sale clause, which means the lender calls the loan due. If it's an investment property, uh, technically, if you put it in a trust, if the lender finds out about it, they could call the loan due as a violation of the loan. Um, so you have two options. One is you do it and don't tell the lender. Uh, two is you tell the lender. Uh, and, again, if you're dealing with Chase and Bank of America and you tell them, they will not like it. Um, if you're dealing with a regional lender, uh I, I've gone to mine and said, I've, I, uh, I'm doing some estate planning for my family. I'd like to put these properties into trust. And every one of them has said, okay, and and put it in writing that it was okay. Uh, so those are your options.
1: And it's a fairly simple thing to, quote, put it in a trust. You're literally just redeeding the property from your LLC to exactly. your trustee. Exactly.
2: Yeah, you're taking it out of one pocket and putting it in the other. Yeah. You take it out of the LLC and you make the LLC the beneficiary, so the LLC comes right back in the back door there.
1: And I think the way a lot of people approach this, this quote, problem that the bank could say, oh, wait, you violated the due on sale clause by transferring it to a trust that still has the same beneficiary and also we still have our mortgage and also you're still signed on our note um, <laughs> right. by saying, you know, if that happens, I can cure the default by taking it back out of the trust. Yes, and all and all that happened was I spent the you know the thirty five dollars to record the deed twice. So that's I'm not not giving legal advice here, Farida, but that is how that usually happens. She has a follow up question, which is with rentals, is the best structure to have each one in a land trust owned by my LLC.
2: Well, uh, depends on the amount of equity you're trying to protect. Uh, in other words, let's say you have three properties. One has a million dollars of equity. The other two have a combined equity of 20,000. So the one with a million dollars uh, held in a land trust, you'd probably have one LLC be the beneficiary. And the two that only have 20,000 of equity would probably only have one LLC as beneficiary because you don't have a whole lot of equity there to protect. Uh, But you probably wouldn't want to combine one LLC for all three of the properties uh, because uh, it's just a better structure if you would have one LLC as a beneficiary of that one land trust because it has so much equity. So it's kind of an extreme example to get my point across. Mm -hmm, mm
1: -hmm. Okay, you're going to love this question (laughs) because I've heard you talk about this before. Debbie (laughs) says... How does Randy feel about having, about someone using their single member LLC as the trustee?
2: Don't like it, Debbie. Don't like it at all. Uh, Number one, uh, let's talk about it single member LLCs. If you didn't form that LLC in either Delaware, Missouri, um, Nevada, or Wyoming, you have no asset protection. Uh, The courts have been blowing through single member LLCs in those others, in all the other states. Uh, because there's no um, uh, other party, no innocent party to protect against, so they just hand your LLC over to your creditor uh, in a single-member LLC. Now, if you did form it in those other states, those four states have what's called charging order protection, which means that they protect uh, a single-member LLC from a creditor taking the entire LLC in a, in a, in a legal action. Um So that's maybe a little bit more than you ask about, but in reference to the the LLC as a trustee, no. It's the same as you being your own trustee, as we mentioned in that first caller's question. You don't want to be your own trustee. You don't want your own entity to be your trustee Mm -hmm. for a lot of reasons that we don't have time to get into today, but but it's just not a good idea.
1: Yeah, and in some states – Debbie lives in Florida, and I'm not sure about that one – but in some states – Corporations and LLCs can't even be trustees unless they have. Yeah.
2: Insured, bonded and licensed. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So um, Garland from Columbus says, please ask Randy how I can have the name of the trust, for instance, the Norman family trust display on the auditor's website instead of the trustee, for instance, Randy Hughes trustee.
2: Well, Norman, you're trying to get into the advanced materials here, I can tell. <laughs> <laughs> the way you do that, Norman, is it, – it, well, it, it, let me tell you a quick story. I, I called up my recorder's office, and I talked to the lady that types in uh, the information off of Deeds into the computer. And I asked her how many, how many characters she can type in, and she said 32. And i said thank you very much and from then on out all my trusts have more than 32 characters in their name (laughs) why because if my if my 32 character name uh gets typed in and after that is the name of the trustee the only thing that shows in the records unless you go to the courthouse and look it up on on the old microfiche but everybody's too lazy to do that uh, they go get on their computer and they and if they look up the owner of that property, it's just going to show the 32 characters of the name, which could be uh, the red, white, and blue land trust number 124267. It's not going to show the trustee's name because I've put it on the end of the of the title instead of the beginning of the title.
1: Mm-hmm. So
2: I think that's what you were asking how to do. I
1: believe it is. Um, okay, Christopher says. Many attorneys are asking me for the trust agreement at closing when I buy a property or get a loan. How can I stay hidden if I have to show the loan officer or attorney the trust document which shows me or my company as the beneficiary?
2: Well, a way to do that is what's with what's called a trust certification. It's, it's kind of like an abstract, if you will. Uh, it, it, it's a two-page document that attests to the fact that the trustee's name is this, the date of the trust is that, uh, and, and, just the bare bones, um, abstract of the trust document itself. Many, uh, attorneys and title companies will accept that as, as proof that there is a trust in existence. And I don't blame them that they don't want any, any fraud going on here. So they, it, it's a legitimate request. It's just that, um, that y- you don't want to show your 40 page trust agreement to anybody unless they sue you to get it. Uh, So trust certification is is typically the way we handle that issue.
1: Question from Clay, who I'm going to say based on his phone number is maybe in the Atlanta area. Um, How and who should you choose as a trustee?
2: Well, uh, again, the the short answer to that is someone with a different last name, uh, someone who lives out of the county, if not certainly out of the state, to serve as your trustee uh number one you want to trust them uh, uh, but there are checks and balances that would you know that prevent them from from defrauding you but you know trust is important um maybe somebody who understands the business uh, i have a lot of students that will be each other's trustee once they take uh, my training and learn how to do this uh, they'll say oh well now that we know how to do this you be my trustee i'll be yours and we won't charge each other. Uh, So there's there's a whole litany of of, uh, ways of of selecting your trustee. In fact, I've even written a two-page letter that I can print out and hand to somebody that will put in writing all the reasons why they might want to be my trustee uh, to try to streamline the process. But um, after you've been in the business for a while, then you've got a lot of people to choose from. And if and if you can't find somebody uh, that, that you trust or the, that you just want to do business with, um, I have trustee services that I refer my students to, um, and they typically charge three hundred dollars the first year and a couple hundred dollars each year thereafter
1: uh, mm-hmm.
2: for for one trust.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that trust part. I mean, it's built into the word. Why, yeah, why, <laughs> you you must <laughs> really, really, really trust. Your trustee, because although the contract uh, puts all sorts of limitations in place, and there's legal and contractual penalties for breaking those things, the reality is you, you you need a trustee that you can trust not to attempt to defraud you. Yeah. Okay, um, Mike, how much time do we have left? I got one more, well, a, minute and a, half. a minute and a half. Okay, can you answer this one in thirty seconds, Randy? Can a yep. land trust be created before buying the property? So that you don't have to buy the property in your own name and then transfer it to a land trust.
2: Yes, yes, yes. So uh, very smart of you to think of that. You can create the land trust today and, and not buy property till a year from today. So it's just a, it's a dry trust that there's nothing in it, but it does exist and it's sitting there just waiting for you to dump a piece of real estate into <laughs> it. And that's what's the deed.
1: Sitting there in your computer like all your other contracts. That's right. All right, Randy. Well, I appreciate you taking time out on this beautiful spring, Midwestern snowy day (laughs) to, to help us further understand this. And I want to encourage folks again, if you, if you want to, you know, See the see the whole presentation without Vina interrupting with questions all the time and, you know, understand you know, get 90 minutes of like understanding this linearly. You probably want to going to want to come to the Cincinnati Rea meeting on May the 6th. Uh, again, it is live and simulcast so you can attend it wherever you happen to be listening from right now. com. that Cincinnati com is where you would go to do that. We will be back next week with more information to put you on the path to financial independence through real estate investing. Until then, happy investing.